morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Friday morning. We have all of Thursday's NBA action from the Orlando bubble. And where is that now? It's a Walt Disney Resort. That's right. I'm Zach Harper. That's Dave DeFore. We got Andrew Schleck leading the campaign campaign. Check out all of the great coverage at The Athletic. Just go to theathletic.com. Sign up. Subscribe. You'll be able to use the comment section for not only articles, you won't, you'll be able to use the Q&A. You'll be able to comment on this very podcast. So just go to theathletic.com, sign up, and subscribe today. Coming up on today's show, Blazers get closer to the 8th seed. Clippers give the Mavericks a first-round preview nightmare. And Ben Simmons might be worse off than we thought yesterday. But first, Dave, it's time to knuck if you bucks. That's right. Bucks 130, Heat 116. Bledsoe back for the Bucks. Jimmy Butler was out. No Dragic in this one. And really just, it didn't seem like the Bucks were that locked in in the first half. They turned it on the second half, dominated, ended up walking away with a, a pretty easy victory for the most part because uh, they controlled that second half. Dave, I'm not saying that I was about to kick my feet up on Heat Island and send out a tweet at halftime saying, wow, loving this real estate on Heat Island. Almost sent the tweet, then decided not to. Glad I didn't because that second half, woof, that was all Bucks. Oh, and I was expecting for you to at me. For sure, because I was hating on your on your heat take. I still believe. Uh, listen, listen. They hit 13 threes in the first half, and, and that's going to happen against the Bucks, right? Oh, yeah. This is their Achilles' heel. We know that. And eight of 22, much more human. This is the Heat in the second half from three. But if you hit your threes and the Bucks don't hit theirs, you got a really good shot of beating them. That is the blueprint for beating them, and that's what Miami did in the first half. But the other thing was, I, I just felt like the defensive effort for the Bucks in the first half wasn't there at all. Yeah. And against the Heat, who you know are going to... Like, they've got shot makers. Duncan Robinson might be the best shooter in the bubble right now. Three-point shooter. These guys... Kyler Hero was find, hot, man. He was... Yeah. Yeah, he was going early. And you can't be lazy against a team coached by Eric Spolstra because they are going to cut, they're going to expose your defense, and that's what that first half was. They were putting pressure on them at every single level, at the basket, in the mid-range even, and from the three-point line. And and if you're just not going to be connected and not going to, frankly, supply the effort necessary to play NBA defense, you're going to have a first half like that. Now, they came out in the second half, as you mentioned, and it was a completely different ball game. And they look like the Milwaukee Bucks that were on a 70-win pace this year. Yeah, Giannis was absurd. He had 33 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. He just got to the rim whenever he wanted, which, you know, is pretty much what Giannis usually does. Uh, Chris Middleton was fantastic. 33 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. He was just picking the, the Heat defense apart, especially in that second half. Um, but the Bucks, man, you know, you mentioned their shooting. And when they're not hitting shots, they hit them in the second half. For the game, they ended up going 15 of 37. That's 40.5%. I looked it up. When they hit 40% or more of their threes this year, they are 16 and so you expect, like, look, if team shoots well from three, they're probably going to do well. But this team, they hit that 40% mark, and we know that this is about an average three-point team, right? Maybe a little bit better than average in terms of accuracy, but they shoot a ton of them, much like the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. But when they're accurate, man, they, they're unbeatable, literally unbeatable this season. Yeah, it's the best defense in the league. And the one Achilles heel is that their defense does have a tendency to give up a lot of threes. And I actually don't think that they have to. They just choose to. Uh, you know, we disagree on that. <laughs> we know that Bud has had his issues with three-point defense. And, yeah. and for the most part, during the regular season, that works out. I, I think in the playoffs, it's a different story. But when they hit their shots, they can withstand your three-point making. Yeah, It's when they're not hitting that they lose. And so, you know, it... Again, the make-or-miss league thing, I mean, it really does apply for the Bucks just 
by virtue of how they defend the three. So or don't. Yeah, exactly. And so defending the three, obviously Duncan Robinson, you mentioned maybe the best three point shooter in the bubble right now, and he was he was great in this game. He had twenty one points, hit five and nine from three. One of my favorite little mini games in this was watching Wes Matthews just try to stalk him defensively trying to get over screens trying to make sure he couldn't get free like that was a like if you're gonna nerd out like that was a fun basketball nerding out there yeah it was and and, you know west did an okay job at times but i thought in the second half the big difference was when pat Connaughton was out there in the fourth guarding duncan robinson he was getting around screens really staying on top of robinson so that he couldn't load up to get the jumper off and and robinson was having to give up the ball and try to come back around to screen again and and so i wonder if in a potential playoff maybe second round series between these two if we don't see a lot of pat Connaughton on duncan robinson yeah, definitely possible. Eric Bledsoe made his return, nine points, eight rebounds, five assists, played 23 minutes. Uh, looked pretty good. I mean, he was making plays. He played pretty solid defense. I think the conditioning is going to be an issue for a bit, but he looked he looked good in his return. Connaughton looks good. They, they're about at full strength, I think, right? They're they're really close. Uh, you know, Robin Lopez got the day off, which is always nice. You know, I, I wonder if he actually went went to the Disney park. I didn't see him. On I'm the bench, sure he did. I'm uh, yeah. hot. I could. I will report now without any information <laughs> that he went to Disney. <laughs> I don't even know if they're allowed to. But Bledsoe, you know, in the first half, looked like a guy that hasn't played in a while. And then by the second half, it, it seemed like he started to get his his wind a little bit, got his legs under him. And they need him. You know, that, that's the, the key to their defense is him at the point of attack, coming around screens and forcing those guys into that drop coverage so that essentially they have to either attack Brooke Lopez or try to dump it off with Giannis playing free safety behind him. And Bledsoe really is a difference maker there. George Hill is good, but he just can't do it the way Bledsoe can. So I'm sure that they were pretty encouraged by his second half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as for the Heat, Kendrick Nunn continues to struggle 5 of 17 in this game. Uh, they did get good production. Tyler Hero was 20 off the bench, but also Bam. No Jimmy Butler in this one. No Goran Dragic. Bam had to do a lot, and uh, he couldn't. He had six points, two of 10 shooting. Did make a three, though. Three pointer at the end mm-hmm. of the first half. I was, I, it was at that point that I almost sent that tweet. And again, yeah, so and, glad, so glad I that, didn't. And that was just bad defense for Brooke Lopez. He really just oh, fell yeah, asleep there. End of the quarter, like, why are you dropping back? It just made no <laughs> sense. You know, Bam, this is this is the thing about the NBA. Usually talent wins. And the Heat just didn't have as much talent as the Bucks today. You could say at full strength they probably still don't have as much talent. But especially today, they were missing two of their three best players so far in the restart. I mean, Goran has been fantastic for them off the bench, a steadying force. He's been closing games. And we all know what Jimmy Butler brings. And so, you know, I I think that this game is a little bit different in the second half, but probably different in the first half as well and and a little bit closer if those guys are out there. I think the Bucs probably come out with a different sort of energy if Jimmy Butler's on the court. News and seating updates from the NBA. Only a little bit of news, but it's potentially very big news. Ben Simmons' injury might be way more serious than we originally thought. Uh, you know, he had the injury, left the game against the Wizards, and it was like reported that, you know, not, not much pain. He actually feels okay uh, once he left the court and got to the locker room. So that sounded good. Then the Sixers announced today that the knee injury is a left knee injury, the subluxation, I don't, subluxation? The subluxation. subluxation. That's how you say that. Uh, of the left knee, he's out indefinitely uh, as they figure out the best treatment options. That's essentially where the kneecap slides out of place and then slides back into place. I've had that happen 
it hurts. It's sore. Say, it's really painful. Fun. Yeah, it, it's yeah. like I've never fully like because a dislocation is just when it just pops out and stays out right but i've had that right. where it basically slides out of place slides back in place it happened quickly to me and i immediately thought what the hell was that oh my god this hurts and then it did kind of go away but the next few days it was very tender but i also wasn't trying to play nba basketball at the time so it's uh, i'm imagining much more yeah. serious for ben simmons andrew Ungvari uh from lakers twitter mentioned that Andrew Bynum had this injury in 2008. He was expected to be out eight weeks at the time. It happened in January. He didn't play the rest of the season. I mean, it's never a good thing when the reports are you're hoping to avoid a scope. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, just the the mere mention of a knee surgery is bad. And, you know, to be fair, we kind of were worried about this stuff coming into the bubble. These guys aren't fully conditioned. You know, I mean, I wonder if – you know, if he was in game shape, maybe this doesn't happen. Maybe it does. Might have just been like a little freak thing. I don't know. But it's not good for the Sixers if he's not out there. Yeah, I mean, look, they've been shaking things up already. It's not like you can just replace him. Like, even if you're moving him around to the four, to the three, to the one, it doesn't matter. That dude is a good offensive player. He's a great passer, and he's one of the best defenders in the league. You can't just replace that. It doesn't matter. Like, they've got some depth and some things that they can do there, but they they can't just replace Ben Simmons. No, not at all. I mean, again, like you just mentioned, the defensive part, what he does for this team, getting them into transition and creating good offense out of good defense, it's irreplaceable. And so they're going to struggle to find a guy to fill that spot. Horford and Embiid are, you know, as much as we talk about Simmons and Embiid being an ill fit, Horford and Embiid might be worse because Horford doesn't give you all those other things that Simmons gives you. So, you know, the Sixers, I I already wasn't overly high on their chances here. And if Simmons is not going to be there, there's a good chance they're out in the first round pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, By the way, if you were hoping the Spurs are going to win on Friday and keep inching towards that eighth seed or ninth seed, uh, congratulations, because Utah Jazz will not have Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, or Donovan Mitchell in the lineup. Uh, it's essentially just going to be Joe Ingles and the Pips. Everybody else in the West must be pissed off, but those guys are expected to play against Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. Just want to ask, Dave, is this poor form? We've talked into, you know, resting guys and, you know, are you taking games off? You know, the whole DNP rest thing. Um, there are injuries involved. There's some growing stuff and everything. But uh, for the most part, it does kind of suck that they're doing this against the team fighting for the playoffs. If you're the Grizzlies or the Blazers or the Pelicans or the Kings or the Suns. Um, from a personal standpoint, a competitive standpoint, I don't think it's a very cool thing to do. Like, I actually think it. It kind of sucks. If I was the league, I'd, I'd be pretty upset. Uh, but I will note that both Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder worked for the Spurs at yep. one point. So <laughs> That's where that goes from. <laughs> I'm not saying it's collusion. Right. But it's not not collusion. Get Bob Mueller. Let's find out. <laughs> All right. Let's update the West playoff race right now. Grizzlies still in the eighth seed, only by a half game. Portland won. We'll get into that in a little bit. Portland a half game back. The Phoenix Suns are one game back. The San Antonio, or I'm sorry, the Phoenix Suns are two games back. The San Antonio Spurs are two games back. Kings are two and a half. Pelicans are two and a half. It's constipated. It is very yeah, constipated, it, Dave. It really is. And, you know, I, I, I will admit, I did not expect it to be as fun to watch these, the teams on the bubble of the bubble. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be as much fun as it has been, but it really has been fun. And, and you know, I know you, I know you think the Suns are awful, yep. and they're not good, 
But man, they are fun to watch. Oh, they're a lot of fun, man. They're they're playing really well. They're fun to watch. Um, they've got a good spirit to them, which is not something we usually say about the Suns at the end of the season. I, Monty Williams, man. I mean, maybe we should be talking about this guy. Maybe we will next year. If they make the playoffs, Monty Williams will be coach of the year. You know, the Pelicans, obviously, getting to play Zion a little bit more here and there, even sort of still have a shot. The Blazers are playing really good basketball. Nurkic looks amazing. This is fun. This yeah. is really fun. I, I think the NBA, as much as I derided the decision to bring 22 teams, from an entertainment standpoint, it's great. I love it. As long as it doesn't get the league infected. I agree. Uh, by the right. way, just to update the East, uh, the Wizards still a half game behind the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> who once again are not in the bubble. So that's going well. Maybe we didn't need 22 teams. Maybe we just needed 21 teams, Dave. I, listen, I, I need someone to get behind the conspiracy to not update the NBA standings to reflect that the Wizards are behind the Hornets. I need this change made. Clippers 126, Mavericks 111. Potential first-round matchup, likely first-round matchup after tonight. Mavericks been a disaster defensively going into this game, and that continued. They still can't defend. Clippers were all over them. Uh, Clippers didn't have Montrez Harrell. They're still working Lou Williams back into the mix. But Dave, Evita Zubats, he was a monster tonight. Like, he just... Everything the Mavericks tried to do to stop the perimeter players, Ivica Zubats cleaned it up. Everything. Like, cleaned it up so perfectly. He was really good tonight. You know, I thought Boban looked okay in in the opening minutes of the game. I mean, it's pretty clear that, you know, there's a big advantage on the offensive end for the Clippers. But Boban was getting it back on the other end. And, and I don't know why Rick Carlisle only played him six minutes. And, you know, I, I posited the idea that, he didn't want to show his hand because this is probably going to be their opponent in the first round. Right. But that's not that's not it. He just didn't trust Boban. And I don't know what you do in the middle there because it's pretty clear that Porzingis is not the answer against Zubac. You don't have Dwight Powell. Right. Maxi Kleber was awful tonight. Yeah, he was really I, I thought, you know, it, this is going to sound crazy. Aside from Dorian Finney-Smith, who mostly holds his own, I thought Luka Doncic was the only guy showing any sort of defensive effort for the, for the Mavericks tonight. And that's why they gave up 126 points. <laughs> uh, Zubats finished with 21 points, uh, nine defensive rebounds, six offensive rebounds for 15 total. And he was a perfect 10 of 10 from the field, but he messed it up by missing a free throw. Oh, that bum. He could have had a completely you know embarrassing? perfect night. It would be so embarrassing to be an NBA center and to give up 10, of, 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. At the, and it's all at the rim, too. Yeah. So, you know, like that's like effort, physicality. I, maybe they didn't they didn't foul him enough. You know, like if a guy is hitting that much around the basket, you got to hammer him. Remind him that other people are there. And I thought he did he did really well to, to put up 21. I mean, they just didn't have an answer for him at all. And by the way, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were out there. Yeah, and they were pretty good too. Clippers shot the ball extremely well. They didn't turn the ball over much. I think that was a product of their execution, the Mavs' bad defense, or both. Oh, it's for sure both. You know, the, the Clippers were, were being conservative with the ball. But the Mavericks defense just offers no resistance. And yeah. it's been this way. It's been this way the entire season. So far in the bubble, in the four games, they have a 117.9 defensive rating. Jeez. The only teams worse are the Nets, Kings, and Nuggets. Yikes. And the Nuggets have not been healthy. Right. So you could even make an excuse for the Nuggets. The, the Mavericks, I mean, I'm sorry, Seth Curry is a very good player and he does help their defense. 
but not enough to to, to right. solve this. Problem. But he wasn't going to stop Ivica Zubac. So. No, no. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. I guess at this point, you know, brings the do ball worse. down. You can swipe it. Uh, Clippers did a pretty good job of keeping Luca from destroying them, and he still got twenty nine. But it felt like they contained him. Yeah, well, because he he only had six assists. Yeah, and I and, and I think, I he had think like three or four rebounds. Right, like he he didn't hit the boards much at all. Right, they you could tell they they made a point of not allowing the other guys to beat him. Yeah, to beat them. You know, I mean, Porzingis, you know, he's going to get his. He's going to get his thirty. You know, you know, Luca's going to score because he's going to have the ball a lot. But can you keep Trey Burke? Can you keep Tim Hardaway Jr.? Can you keep those guys in single digits? Like they did, and I mean, clearly it's pretty easy for the Clippers. I, I have changed my mind on the Mavericks in general and their chances in the playoffs. I think the series is going to go five if they meet in the first round. I think the Clippers are going to pretty much embarrass them at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if they were fully healthy and maybe if the shutdown doesn't happen, I think this team looks different, right? But mm-hmm. they weren't good enough defensively before to have that kind of layoff and get back into the swing of things and have that muscle memory there. Like, they just, they just right. weren't that good enough defensively. Offensively, they can hit, but everyone's hitting right now. Right. It took them until February to start defending at an okay level. Yeah. And I don't mean like not even league average, just passable because they have this historic offense. Right. Well, their offense isn't completely clicking. They don't have Seth Curry, who is vitally important to that offense because he's the only other guy that can create off the dribble for them. And the defense has, I mean, they left it somewhere. It's, it might be in Dallas. I don't know, but it's definitely not in Orlando. Definitely not in Orlando. The Clippers did struggle to contain Chris Stapps. He had, what, he had 30 points on 9 and 19 shooting, got to the free throw line nine times, hit them all, nine rebounds, five assists. Is that a personnel issue for the Clippers moving forward? We've seen them have some success with Anthony Davis, but Chris Stapps is a little bit different because he's a better shooter. Yeah, and it's the guy that you always would think that Jermichael Green was there for, yeah. right? You stick Jermichael Green on him, and that and that handles that problem. I think that's a Paul George thing. I think the next, like, if they play in the first round of the playoffs, you're going to see Paul George guarding Kristaps Porzingis. You know he's up for the challenge. You know, we, we mentioned he got his eye dotted by Devin Booker, but <laughs> I'll give him credit. Just like a guy who gets dunked on, you you know, if you're not trying to do something, nothing bad's ever going to happen to you. Right. And so Alonzo Mourning got dunked on a lot, credit. right? <laughs> exactly. So I'll give Paul George credit. Like, he's up for the challenge. Like, he wants to guard the best players on the other team. And I think in a playoff series, we would definitely see that. There's no way Doc's rolling that out there in a game that they don't really care about, you know? Right. 16 turnovers total for this game not a lot of mistakes in terms of turning the ball over Clippers only gave up four points off them the Mavericks had zero fast fast break points now the Clippers only had five themselves uh, but just a just never look there weren't a lot of opportunities to take advantage of it but the Mavericks just couldn't do it Leonard finished with 29 points six rebounds five assists PG had 24 points seven rebounds six assists and uh, like I said Luca men, uh, Luca finished with 29 points six assists and three rebounds let me ask you before before we move on to the next game let me ask you and even at the end of the game where it was still a little close like four or five minutes left at any point do you think the Clippers looked pressed or worried no no, I don't, I don't think they're I think they're I think they respect what the Mavericks can do offensively. I don't think they're worried about about them because I think they believe they can execute however they want. They know they and can they take have, it to another gear defensively. They know the Mavericks don't have that gear. And they have Zubac. Right. They have the star. They have the star right. of this whole thing. They just know he'll clean everything up. <laughs> 
Blazers 125, Denver Nuggets 115. No Jamal Murray, no Gary Harris, no Will Barton still for Denver Nuggets. Also, no Paul Millsap tonight. Blazers were looking to put more pressure on the Grizzlies. Damian Lillard was looking to feast because he came into this game shooting just 39% from the field, 33% from deep. Dave, I think he fixed it. Because he had 45 points, 13 of 21 from the field, 11 of 18 from deep. Oh, and by the way, he also dished out 12 assists. He was a monster in this game. I mean, it's Damian Lillard. That's like number one guy you don't want to run into in a first-round playoff series. Yeah. Like, if you're the Lakers, you're probably rooting for the Nuggets to win this game. You're, you're definitely—you do not want to play the Blazers. Maybe the Lakers sent a check to the Utah Jazz to, to rest everybody <laughs> against trying the Spurs. To get the Spurs because, in there. Yeah, I mean, look, Damian Lillard has to scare the crap out of everybody. Nurkic, the way he's moving, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw when he caught the little lob. I just didn't think he was going to have that much burst this early in his return. I, I think that that's as big of a problem for for teams as Dame. And what it's doing is actually opening up the floor for Dame. Remember, Dame was playing, I mean, he was averaging 40 a game for for a good stretch of the season without someone dragging the defense inside. Right. And now it's just getting easier. I think Dame now getting his legs under him again, you know, after the restart is huge for this team. I think Dame's going 40-plus every single night for the rest of the seeding games. He might. I mean, and he does have the help. Like, Nurkic was amazing. Gary Trent Jr. was amazing. CJ McCollum didn't have a good game, at least scoring the ball, and and it didn't matter. The Blazers hit 23 three-pointers on 39 attempts. Just ridiculous efficiency. Obviously, Dame almost had half of those. But Nurkic was just so good in this game. 22 points, 7 boards, 4 assists, 2 blocks. You know, they've got a big lineup with him with – with Zach Collins, even Hassan for a few minutes here and there. Do you think they if if they, you know, end up dealing with Jokic in the future, not not in this playoff run, right? Like that, that's not gonna happen. But you know, they they played him last year and, and Jokic was good, but they ended up winning that series. If they get back to that in the future, I guess it depends on how Jokic looks and how he keeps, you know, developing and, and improving as a superstar. But do you think they have the personnel to kind of stifle him enough to where you just have to make everyone else on Denver beat you? I think it's it's tough to judge on this game because of the health issues for the Nuggets. I mean, Jokic played 24 minutes. Yeah, they waved the white flag with him pretty yeah. quick. And there was there's no reason for him to be out there. Right. And I think Mike Malone probably didn't even want to play him, but it puts your the rest of your team in such a bad position if you don't have him that it was the right call. Like you if you want to get development minutes out of your young guys, you need to play them with players that actually know how to play. Throwing young guys out to the Wolves and just letting them get bum-rushed by the Blazers doesn't get you anywhere. And, and as impressive as Dame looked tonight, I will note that he was largely doing this against, like, P.J. Dozier, Bull Bull. I don't think this game winds up feeling the way it did if they were at full strength. I think the Nuggets are a better basketball team than the Blazers. Yes. And the Blazers yeah. got them tonight. But, like, in the future, I think that the Nuggets probably just have more talent. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. had 27 and 12 in this game. And I would argue in the last three games, it's probably the worst he's looked. Yeah, it is. I mean, he, yeah, some of this felt pretty empty tonight, but also like mm-hmm. the Nuggets, oh, yeah. Nuggets were like, they, 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 it was a game with a few minutes left and they had like, Bull Bull was the best player out there for him, right? Like they had waved, they were not, they were not even thinking about putting Jokic back in. He left with 440 left in the, in the third quarter, never came back. I don't think they even thought about putting him back. He finished with eight points on eight shots in those 24 minutes. Did have 13 assists, but also five rebounds, five turnovers, 30 assists for the Nuggets. They still move the ball well. 13-4 and four this season now when they get at least 30 assists. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. continues to impress. 27 points, 10-15 of 15 from the field, 7-10 of 10 from deep. 
we got to get him to free agency so he can get paid. <laughs> Where are we trying to push him to the Lakers already? Has he? Has it? Have we got the photoshops going yet? Oh, I'm that sure. That dude can play. Yo, he's good, man. I still wish that, he was like three inches taller, but he can play. If he was six seven, oh. he, he we'd be talking about how he's like oh he's Evan this guy's Turner money, be a man. max player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's me? gonna be getting max money. I mean, the way he's shooting the ball, and again, this is that Dame effect. Dame has so much gravity that everyone can eat around him. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you almost have to look at what Gary Trent's doing and say, wow, what a disappointment every other wing that has ever played with Damian Lillard has been. This guy is in the second season, and look at what he's doing. And this is a really bright stage for a young guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, that absolutely. It's it's so such a unique situation. He's rising to the occasion. There's an argument to be made that behind Devin Booker, T.J. Warren – Gary Trent Jr. might be having the third best bubble trip of anybody. Yeah, he's been he's been absolutely unbelievable. Denver with the loss and the Clippers win fell to one and a half games behind the Clippers for the two seed. Other games from the bubble, Suns remain undefeated, 114-99 over the Pacers, managed to hold TJ Warren to 16 points on 20 shots, got 15 points from Cameron Payne. That's right, campaign. 15 points off the bench. He was great in this game. Basically helped him take over uh, when Devin Booker left with foul trouble. Booker finished with 20 and 10. DeAndre Ayton had 23 and 14. Pelicans dropped the ball by losing to the Kings 140 to 125. 24 points from Zion Williamson in 22 minutes. He was 10 of 12 from the field. But Bogey, Bogdan Bogdanovich had 35 for the Kings. De'Aaron Fox had 30. And uh, they made it a little bit more uh, of a race for themselves in the West. And then Rockets took care of the Lakers to finish out the night. 113-97. No LeBron in this one. No Westbrook. But James Harden did have 39 points. Big games coming up on Thursday. Jazz will take on the Spurs despite just Joe Ingles, Emmanuel Moutier, and Greg Ostertag being available for the Jazz. Thunder will face the Grizzlies as the rest of the back end of the West hopes that Memphis stays winless in the bubble. Kings will try to inch closer with a game against Brooklyn. Sixers without Ben Simmons will take on Orlando who don't have Aaron Gordon most likely and the Pelicans are on a back-to-back. They will look to uh, feast on the Wizards. Dave, do you think a Pelican can eat a Wizard if there are no spells involved? I mean, Zion probably could. (laughs) And then the game of the night will be the Raptors and the Celtics possibly giving us a preview of the second round of the East playoffs. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other shows across the Athletic Podcast Network, the Athletic NBA show. Of course, Nerdishy Rope coming out on Friday. Dave, what's going on with Nerdishy Rope? Well, we, we talked about some of the trends that we're seeing in the bubble, the, the foul rate and how it's increased quite a bit. Uh, the free throw accuracy is actually very interesting. Actually, go to The Athletic, read Seth's article that he just put up yesterday to get a primer on the Nerder episode. We go deep on some of the numbers. And, of course, don't forget no dunks. Don't forget the, uh, the old team-specific shows. Of course, you got the Mavs show. you got game notes. you got, you know, hosted by a couple of good-looking guys right there, right? You gotta oh, check those not out. Bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. And you subscribe to the athletic. You get to comment on the episodes. Click notification follows for that. You'll get uh, you get updates whenever the new new episode comes out. Thanks for waking up with us. Wear a mask. Please stay socially distanced. Don't go out into crowds unless you absolutely have to. And Dave, hit us with that sign off. Ding ding.